This is Dream Space from Factory International with me, Gemma Kearney. I'm an art lover and broadcaster and for as long as I can remember, I've always been interested in how the power of our imaginations can help us dream up new worlds for ourselves. In every episode, we're inviting a special guest to take over our minds, our imaginations, our dream space, with whatever they want, creating their perfect lineup of art, music, inspiration and more. Together we'll create a new vision, pushing the boundaries of what's possible, asking what kind of art the world needs right now, and inventing tomorrow together. There's no limits to dreams, so open your mind, get relaxed, and let's start dreaming. Today we're dreaming with the brilliant Danielle Brathwaite-Shirley. For Factory International, Danielle is working on I Can't Follow You Anymore a browser-based video game that explores the idea of a black trans revolution. In the glitchy style of a 90s PlayStation 1 horror game, the player must dance or fight to convert others to their ideology whilst facing positions which challenge their own. The sky cracks in half as the long-forgotten voice of a lost god returns to Earth. The air began to resonate as the voice shifted through the atmosphere. Nitrogen oxygen. The air was now changed and like a thick soup of static. Danielle, thank you so much for joining me in the land of dreams. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great, thank you so much. I'm very intrigued to see where we're going to go today. It's so exciting hosting this podcast because you just don't know where our dreams will take us. And I think that (laughs) some of the most important and exciting thinkers that we have on planet Earth are those with big imaginations. Would you consider yourself to have a big imagination? Yeah, I would say my imagination doesn't stop even when it should. (laughs) Do you dream a lot? Yeah, I actually do dream a lot. Sadly, my dreams are never nice. I never have the nice, pretty, oh my goodness, I want to stay in that dream. It's usually get me out of this dream as soon as I wake up and I'm happy reality comes and pulls me back. And in reality, how do you feel about reality? Because I feel like your work is very much taking us into perhaps a virtual reality or different realities, but are you a fan of the real world? <laughs> What a great question. Um, I'd say, I'd say I, I believe that this is the only reality we have, so we have to work with what we've got, and it can get better. I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a fan of it, or will ever be, or, or need to be, um, but I think there's better ways of living than we are currently living. Um, and I guess that's why I'm always constantly dreaming and trying to make those dreams into something playable or visible for someone else so that they can also potentially see what I'm trying to dream up. Okay, let's go there. Let's head to your dream space. What are we experiencing in this time, this present, this moment, wherever and whenever it may be? So I guess in this dream space, uh, in this world, it would start with the foundations of the world itself, maybe with why the buildings are built. Potentially, 
that's where the original focus would be rather than um, usually we have buildings that are based around maybe like colonization but also like a takeover of a city I'm in Berlin so um, there's buildings from the Nazi regime from Russia and in my dream world maybe the buildings would actually be able to focus on the people that actually live there rather than the um, regimes or those in power that would be the initial ones and then um, the second step may be transport so how people get around and again those were based on should be based on who is in the city and making sure everyone can get around the city without it being because of how much money you have or depending, like, just a kind of more socialised transport system. And I guess because it is my dream, okay, and if yes, it's really going to yes. be my dream, uh, <laughs> then <laughs> it would have black trans people in mind in the building of everything. So we'd kind of be um, sewn throughout the universe of this uh, space, um, so it, it wouldn't necessarily need to be a pro-black, pro-trans space because the space would be built around us in mind. So there would be no need to have a pro-black, pro-trans protest because there's already you're already in the foundations of the earth, of the world. Um, I think those are my dreams. How it looks in my brain, it obviously looks like a PlayStation 1 game. <laughs> That's just where I go. Feels like home. <laughs> And describe that in terms of colour or shape or what texturally it might feel like in terms of that aesthetic. If you were to close your eyes now, OK, we'd have to start with a loading screen. Got to be realistic here. OK. <laughs> and so imagine putting in the disc of Danielle's dream. Yeah, yeah. Starting it up, seeing the words loading. The first thing that... I would probably hear is music. It would be the sound of hundreds and hundreds of people finally singing together. Um, it's a slow kind of chorus. Not no one's really saying anything. It's more of a uh, an excel with a note, like a sigh of relief, uh, with a with a tonal exchange with everyone. And then after that, we'd have this uh, very crunchy texture for the ground. Um, something extremely noisy so that you everyone would know at every moment that yet you're walking everyone would, would hear each other um, and you'd hear the sound of people walking together uh, amongst each other um, for the causes that they've agreed on because I often think of textures like this uh, and I can't help it instead of the cam the pictures that we have on our phones staying on our phones people are able to put them on the floor, on the walls, on the ceiling, so buildings represent those who are living there like physically. So your phone pictures can be used to paint the sides of buildings, paint the sides of walls. So you're seeing people all the time, whatever they're picking, instead of having to go on an Instagram feed, it's just there, live. And is there a sense of dystopia or utopia? Neither. Neither. Yeah, I think something I love, and because I'm such a nerdy tech baby... I love the mess. I really do love the mess. And I think there's, a, there's importance for the mess existing. And I, I often feel like when we talk about utopias, we're ignoring that. And I, I, I don't feel like we're anywhere closer to be seeing eye to eye together, especially actually within our communities now, because it feels like we get this such a perfect online social bubble that um, when someone doesn't, kind of represent those same opinions sometimes there's a there's a very strong clash 
and there's a very strong kind of um, abstinence from each other. And so in my imaginary world, we've got to have all those conversations. Like we've got to actually have those conversations. So I'd rather have us having those conversations physically and learning to to actually listen to what the other person's saying and have people that you love that you don't agree with. I, I think that's really important. Obviously, okay, if there's a bunch of Nazis, I'm, I'm probably going to try and get rid of them in my dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll probably try and do something. Maybe we'll put them... If it's my dream, hey, as it is, we'll put a little force field around them and it will slowly shrink and shrink as their views get smaller. So the more small-minded they get, the smaller their space gets until maybe it can be a pinpoint prick and hardly exist. Um, but maybe those decisions would be, again democratized in the society um, and people can vote for them on the side of their buildings. Wow. I am finding this dream super surreal and beautifully emotional. And I like that I can be emotional in this space. Would, would you invite us to respond to it? Are we allowed to have a cry? Are we allowed to have a a moment of hugging each other? Like, how can we physicalise this dream? In terms of responses, you're 100% allowed to be yourself. And whatever comes out of yourself is fully embraced in this dream. And and even if if I were to export the dream so others could experience it... um, the main thing would be you've got to be yourself. You really have got to be yourself. You have to look at that part of yourself that you haven't fully walked in yet, that part of yourself that is, is still um, teething and that you haven't let grow and, and begin walking with that and, and walking alongside that and, and testing it out and making all those mistakes that you're too scared to make this dream. And something I always... I'm very strongly uh, passionate about, especially when it comes to letting others see a version of yourself that is so untidy that not even you can recognise it sometimes. And as I'm coming to this dream space in, in actuality and I'm ready to embody it, I'm open and I'm ready to go, what do I need to bring or wear are clothes a part of it somehow or style or like how we look in this space? Yes, like a thousand percent. Uh, and I would say that um, in this dream world that you can look less human if you want to, especially when there's like a new words to describe a particular way of dressing. I think that the way we present and words that we use to identify ourselves really become sticky sometimes. Um, and then those words become favourable to throw around and they'll stick to people that they don't deserve to stick to or that people don't want those words on them Um, just because it's easier it it just feels easier to do it it starts rolling off the tongue a lot more easier when you have a a, um, recognition of a certain style and an understanding of the socials around that style Um, and I think that within uh, this dream world and something I think about absolutely all the time is that the focus on body and um, identity sometimes actually is taking away from this person because you need to see them as a person and who they are first. So I feel like um, in this dream, I would there would be a way of saying, okay, right now you're not going to see 
exactly who I am. I'm not going to ha- have a clear, identifiable, identifiable way of being until I want you to know me. And that's something I do a lot in my work is that most of the time, no one looks like a human. And that's because I don't want you to put an identity on anyone. And I, I want you to have great difficulty in understanding how someone identifies rather than it be a, a kind of world that you're constantly throwing identities on people without even knowing who they are. In terms of lineup, would there be a set time for something excellent for everybody in the space to experience? Yeah, I think um, it would kind of be one of those 24-hour performances, so it would begin very slowly. Dinner is part of set, and so breakfast would also be part of the set time. I think in the morning we'd have something from Klein. I think um, I would like Klein's opera to be the opening work commute. Um, so, you know, at 9am it's very busy with everyone travelling to go to work. Instead of that, Klein's opera begins. Everyone is part of the opera. And so it's it's a huge kind of sonic experience. And so just on your commute you'd constantly be hearing this soundscape of what Klein would do. That's something that I love about opera, although even though I've seen maybe like two minutes of opera in my whole life, um, <laughs> is the massive cast and the way that they can all move across the stage. Um, and that's something I would also love to have in that space, that physical movement of a crowd as part of a performance um, and as part of a, a musical ensemble. During lunch, I think we'd have the Arthur Russell and the kind of PS1 uh, jungle music. Uh, it would maybe be, if I were to pick up a very particular game, it would be Front Mission Alternative. Amazing soundtrack. Amazing. I would encourage everyone to actually listen to the soundtrack. It's an, it's an amazing soundtrack. Um, the timings are all wrong, but it feels completely right within the song. I can't really describe it. If everything's kind of offbeat and off-brand, but whilst you're listening to it, everything feels completely on beat (laughs) and on brand and very chaotic it's very chaotic that soundtrack and Arthur Russell is this kind of beautiful minimal you know very (laughs) light sweet soft touch with this cello that's kind of echoing throughout space um, and mixing those two together, would, I think, would give you that busyness, that feeling of getting going during the day, as well as this kind of light touch, this light hand guiding you through the day so that you also don't lose your space and place within that busyness. As a curator, how do you feel about taking us as an audience on a journey that isn't so easy to describe or may take us out of our quote-unquote comfort zones. Like I feel like we are in a time of over-explaining and intellectualising in a very specific way. Like everybody wants to know and understand, and in some ways I sometimes think, own what's going to happen. And to take it to like a base level, like I'm going into a space, like what are you expecting from me? What are you going to do to me? What am I going to see and what am I going to get from it? And I love how psychedelic almost or abstract this dream is I really really like that but how do you feel about that as the curator as the person creating a space of potential unknown 
I sometimes feel that uh, clarity ruins it. Um, and it's within that those spaces where you have to over-imagine that your own feelings get mixed into what's there and you get something a lot better than actually when re- fully revealing it. Like, I, I think of it a lot more like um, maybe in a horror movie where the whole movie you haven't seen the thing that's terrifying and when you do see it at the end, it's always never as good as it was built up in your brain and in your body. And, and I feel feel the same about creating an experience uh, through something. It, I have to leave a lot of things ambiguous, or, or at least I feel I do, because that amb- ambiguity lets others dream. And so, uh, like something that I, I'm strongly in this world is that um, there is choice in this in this dream, and there is other dreams in this dream, and so that your dream becomes another offshoot and maybe someone else can step into that offshoot and then go down your dream path rather than it all be mine. Let's talk about transport because you mentioned architecture and ways of moving within this momentum. How do we get to your dream space? I love a train and I love a train ride. So what's our route? How do we get there? Um... Oh, Lord, that's a great question. And I, I think recently I've been thinking of this idea of a pilgrimage and, and letting yourself go on a pilgrimage and, and walk, find that path to, to this point, to maybe that train station that you can jump on. Um, because I feel that uh, I, I, I've, been, I've been thinking and working on myself a lot in terms of being the best version of me and also like accepting myself and and finding ways that I don't love myself and knowing that I actually need to change that and I need to not become like egotistical maniac but have some love for myself and my physical form and how I am and fully accept who I am and I feel that that's really important I feel that that's really important to do and sometimes I feel like once um, if we're using a train as an analogy, because I'm also loving this train analogy, I don't know where it came from, but hey, it's here to stay now. You, I feel like you need to go on that journey, and sometimes you might have to go on the journey alone to begin with, or sometimes maybe that pilgrimage is with a group of friends, but always before you jump on a train, if, before you jump on something that could eventually, and, and every kind of system of beliefs can do this, anything that can become an ideology, anything that can become your navigation tool for living, you need to know who you are before because those things can, they can always make you make decisions that you would later be against. And when you know yourself, you know when actually this train is not for me and I just need to jump across the platform and get onto the next one, which is very similar, but it is gone on a slightly different route. And so for me, it it would begin with a pilgrimage with your community, with your friends, with your chosen family, how big or ever small, or alone. And it, it, the end of that pilgrimage would then be finally being able to get on a train. And I would also hope that you would have something to bring to the train to become a building block to wherever you're going. A collective train in a new world that includes an Arthur Russell soundtrack and chaotic opera. I love it! Oh, I'm there! (laughs) It sounds really, really fun. 
I mean, it's thrilling and fun because we are on an actual journey. There's an element of adventure within that that requires a boldness in terms of being ready for change or feeling emotional or vulnerable. But it does sound like a fun journey and a fun experience and a fun dream. Yeah, like there's this amazing game called Sunless Skies, which imagines a, a flying train flying throughout this world and you get to fly this train and you go to different islands in the sky and you meet people and you have a chat with them. Um, and that's, that's what it feels a little bit like, actually. Might, when I'm speaking out loud, it feels a bit more that this, um, this journey is off to go and build your new civilization. And along the stops, you figure out what civilization you want to build by taking the best of all civilizations that you kind of see and then finally ending. Or it may even mean that it doesn't end, it just keeps going round so that you can always swap and change. But... I just like the ideas of like being able to get on a train with something that's part of you and that part of you become a building block for someone else. Mm. And the sharing element of it as well. Like you have to share that physical space on a train. Yeah, exactly. And there can be something quite meditative about the momentum of sharing space in such a way. Right. And then what was if I mean, it brings up great questions. What happens if you're on the train and the person's next to you, you're like, oh, God, I need you to get out of this train. <laughs> Which brings me on to a question that I was going to ask about the sensory experience because it's a dream and anything can happen and we're all coming and we're on this journey with you. Does it smell in a particular way? We are immersed. It could be messy. What do we eat? You mentioned a, a food element, a feasting element. Like, What kind of flavours can we expect from taste? Oh, I mean, I obviously want Caribbean food. I want Caribbean yes, food please. on my train. I want it to smell like... Oh, I actually want it to smell like my grandma's soup, her Caribbean soup. She had these... Dump, I mean, there was everything in the soup. There was like chicken, carrots, lamb, tiny bits of pasta, maybe like three or four or five bits of pasta. Very strangely put in. I don't know why she did that. Um, <laughs> and these amazing dumplings that would be cooked in the soup and it would come out super chewy I never know how she did those dumplings like that um, I would love that to be on the train it's delicious mm. there would obviously be some vegan options and some ackee and salt fish and mm, god I'm hungry and some plantain chips <laughs> that, this is my very biased yes. Caribbean train um, I think everyone will be fine with that <laughs> everyone loves Caribbean food <laughs> yeah I mean, I've got Caribbean heritage and I've been writing about Jamaica specifically and Jamaican food. And it, it takes my imagination into a space of alchemy, I think. Like the, the, the things that might go into that soup, you know, it's, it's filled with love, comfort and soul. Uh, and I, and I, I think that that's really nourishing to, to share in, in collective, to, to eat delicious comforting soup filled with all sorts of things i feel like food is one of the ways in which like things are archived without anyone even knowing them yeah and like they're passed on um and everyone has a different version of exactly the same thing yeah and like the particularities of that taste of that version 
is what's the thing archived to the next person. And so like, so you're like, oh, try my mac and cheese and you try the mac and cheese and you're like, damn, your mac and cheese is watery. Why is your mac and cheese like this? Grandma would never accept this mac and cheese like that. Or you're like, so, uh, I, I, or like, it's always with the chicken. Like, I'll oh, try my good jerk chicken. And everyone is like, your jerk spice is rubbish. Like, you obviously haven't done the real jerk thing. And it's always the same. And I feel like it's always because like that archival <laughs> tangent reaches someone else where their archival tangent is like, no, 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 no. This is not superseding ours. This is, this is our archival tangent of jerk chicken no 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 no. your taste buds will revolt against this now my taste buds are revolting against something i just the idea of it is amazing oh my goodness danielle wow i have loved being in your dream space what a journey and so many things to think about and frankly i'm hungry now as well (laughs) and i'm ready to go and eat something absolutely delicious (laughs) thank you so much for all you do your mind and your heart danielle brathwaite shirley everyone the dream has been an epic one i guess i just like to wrap up with a quick tiny snippet of a dream project i'm working on which is a i'm working on this dance battle horror game that is all about these two dreams clashing from different times. So um, it's a dream about a black trans person from the past who has a vision for the future and the black trans present people in the present who begin to follow this person and then they realise their dreams are misaligning. And it's all about the decisions that have to be made in order f- to preserve and protect those in the present. Um, which is a very difficult decision that the players will have to make when they play the game. I'm Gemma Kearney and you've been listening to Dream Space from Factory International. Today you heard Danielle's vision and you can join us next time as our next guest takes us on a journey around their dream space. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you like and subscribe to the podcast. Your support really does mean a lot. And if you can't wait until the next episode, then head to Factory International's website to find out more exciting artistic content on Factory Plus. And if you missed any of the earlier episodes, then you can find them there too. Dream Space was hosted by me, Gemma Kearney, and today's episode was produced by Tess Davidson. This series was also produced by Katie Callan and May Lee Evans with sound design by Femi Oriogan Williams and theme music by Carmel Snickersgill. The executive producer is Dan Jackson and it is a reduced listening production for Factory International, curated by Scott Smith and Alex Mannion-Jones. <laughs>